Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. And John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And I understand you're at the Houston Astros spring training right now. How's how's cool is that to be to know that baseball's on its way back and you're there with uh, pitchers and catchers? Well, I'm here especially uh, with the defending world champions. As you can imagine, there's a lot of interest. They had their first full squad workout today. I'm spending 10 days here before I go to uh, the combine and write columns on football. I'm writing them every day for gallerysports.com. I wrote one today on Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman yesterday. I was out two days the day before. And it's just fun. It's exciting. I've never covered a champion in Houston. All those 47 years of covering the NFL, I had never even covered a team in a championship game <laughs> since the Oilers after the 1979 season. And uh, they've got, they got a team here that almost everybody's back. How many teams lose a Cy Young Award winner like Justin Verlander and they just yawn because they still got six legitimate starting pitchers, and everybody returning in the best bullpen in baseball. And they're trying now, Q, for six years in a row, they've reached the American League Championship Series, and they've been to four World Series, one, two, and now they're trying to become the first team to repeat as champions since the Yankees won their third in a row after the, in the 2000 season. Let me ask you this, John. When it comes to Houston, are the fans more excited about the championship that the Astros won and their opportunity to go and try to do it again, or are they more fired up about the the upcoming draft and who they might get at quarterback? Well, I'll say this. There's never been a disparity between baseball and football and basketball like there is now because the Texans and the Rockets have been so utterly pathetic and the Astros have been so good. And uh, now, with the Texans hiring D'Amico Lyons, which is a universally popular pick all through Houston, but around the NFL, it was a great pick, according to everybody, because he was the hottest assistant coach coordinator. And having the second overall pick and fans anticipating the Texans getting a franchise quarterback like they got in 2017 with Deshaun Watson has got people talking about the Texans in a positive manner for the first time since they won their last division title and beat Buffalo in the playoffs in 2019 before Bill O'Brien pulled the team apart with bad trades. And even here, I'm sitting around every day with the media talking about, we talk a lot about football, and even some of the Astros players want to talk about football, <laughs> and it's all positive. So at least until they start playing. <laughs> right. John McClain is our guest from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. You talked about the D'Amico Ryans hire. How about Eric Bieniemy? On Friday it became official. He's now the offensive uh, coordinator and also assistant head coach there in Washington with the Commanders. What did you think of that hire? And is that a lateral move, or do you think that that's going to help him eventually become a head coach? No, I think the Bieniemy ship has sailed, and he's been interviewed so many times. And everybody knows Andy Reid runs that offense. And LaShawn McCoy, the retired running back, played there in 2019. And there's a story making the rounds on, online. He told Fox, I think Fox Sports Southwest, how Reid ran everything. That the enemy did not have anything to do 
when they were having meetings and when they were correcting mistakes on offense, and that's what NFL people know. So this is a good chance for him, but the problem is you stay in Kansas City and you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl every week, year, stockpile rings, get $400,000 bonus, and, but if you want to be a head coach, go for it. And the problem I have in Washington, besides the owner, Dan Snyder, is they have a good defense, they have a good running game, but they don't have a quarterback unless Sam Howell, uh, who played in the last year, and they seem to like him best, but most people think they still need a quarterback. And if Snyder sells the team, the new owners are going to want their people. So you hope things don't backfire. The enemy's looking for a job as an assistant coach in two years, and the Chiefs have already replaced him with Matt Nagy, who was the coordinator there before he's hired by the Bears, and now he's back in the coordinator's role. John McClain, our guest, our guest from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And today's the first day that you could apply the franchise tag. And the Raiders have Josh Jacobs. He's a guy that I believe they're going to franchise tag. But the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. How do you think that scenario plays out? Do they tag him and trade him or do they tag him and sign him? Oh, I don't, I don't think they're going to do either. I think they're going to tag him. And he's going to play under the franchise tag because mm. he's not going to get a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson. And he's been hurt at the end of the last two years. He's won one playoff game. And it, I think this, if he gets hurt a third year in a row, rather than tag him a second year, they might trade him. But no other team's going to give him a fully guaranteed contract either. They just don't do it. And the Browns right now have Deshaun Watson with a $56 million cap hit every year, by far the highest in history. And that is going to cause problems when it comes to the cap, no matter how much the cap goes up. And you don't want to be in that situation if you can avoid it. Hopefully, Lamar Jackson plays. He's healthy. He plays great. And they sign him to a new deal after the season. And as far as Jacobs, coming off the best season of his career, it doesn't cost all that much money to franchise a running back. Jacobs will like it. He's going to want a multi-year deal with a big signing bonus. And hopefully they can get it worked out because you, know, you don't want to have to replace the quarterback and your most productive offensive weapon. Something else I want to ask you about is Aaron Rodgers. When he emerges from his cave of darkness, <laughs> who do you think is going to be the favorite to land him? Because I do think that Derek Carr is not signed yet because so many teams are waiting on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. DeMond, do you, do you want to pay $58.3 million for a quarterback who's 39, who didn't have a good year, who um, has become kind of a fruitcake, <laughs> and uh, revels in controversy now, loves to go on Pat McAfee, and he takes shots at a lot of people. So if New York wants to go all in on, say, a two-year deal, give up two number ones, and pay that kind of money, and go for the goal, why not? Their fans and media can't complain because that's what they want them to do, but they're going to pay the piper. And if you win it, then it's okay to pay the piper. It's happening to the Rams right now. And they got huge salary cap issues because they took care of all their players when they won the Super Bowl, and they traded all those high picks for veteran players that helped them win the Super Bowl. But I think it's going to be a while before the Rams are back. So, uh, if you're thinking long-term and you think your offense fits Derek Carr, 
who had 5,000, almost 5,000 yards two years ago, you go for Carr because he could play another 10 years. So do you think that the Raiders, or may, maybe they, it's too high of a price to pay to try to even go get Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, maybe they will. Maybe a lot of people think they're going to get Jimmy G to reunite him with Josh McDaniels. The problem with Jimmy G is Garoppolo gets hurt a lot. If you're going to give him a contract, you better put bonuses for games played instead mm-hmm. of giving him a big signing bonus and a big base salary. And I don't know how he can complain about that because he hasn't earned that kind of money because of his injury situation. But he played well last season, but uh, he just can't stay healthy. And durability for a quarterback is just about the most important thing because he's got to be available. John McClain is our guest, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So let me ask you this, John. I've been throwing out the question about Jarrett Stidham. You know him. I know him very well. Uh, just if he were to be the starting quarterback or maybe even a rookie, maybe they drafted a, a rookie and, and sat him behind him and, and kind of used Jarrett Stidham as the bridge uh, to that young rookie, what do you think the expectations for the Raiders should be in 2023 if one of those two guys were starting? Well, it depends on the Stidham that you get. The first one, The first one that Threw for over 300 yards. That was pretty impressive. Um, if you're going to draft, say, Anthony Richardson, or you're going to draft a lesser prospect in the second round, then you could then have Stidham as your starter because Richardson, everybody says, he's got great tools, but he's only started one year. And you, he's got to watch and learn. And Josh McDaniels is a good quarterback coach. But if you go for Garoppolo, I don't. I think you're committing to multiple years, mm-hmm. and you don't draft a young guy. I don't think, based on what I've seen so far, you would commit to Stidham for five years and say you're a guy. He just hadn't done enough. You may want to give him a chance to enhance what he did at the end of last year. Uh, but for a team like the Raiders, if you're not, you're not going to have a chance at one of the big three, but you might have a chance at Richardson, although – the postseason, beginning with the combine next week and the pro days and the private workouts, Anthony Richardson, because of his size, his speed, his arm strength, and his personality, this is a chance for him to make a lot of money. Unfortunately, teams put so much stock in guys throwing with no pressure and no coverage and the way they look and they sound. And I think that's one reason Teams make so many mistakes. They fall in love with guys, and you can't fall in love unless you want to get married. (laughs) (laughs) John, you mentioned the combine earlier and how you're going to be there and all the quarterbacks, how the teams fall in love when they just see them run and throw and, you know, in shorts. But what are you looking for at the quarterbacks when you go to the combine? Uh, I just said on one of my other shows I did today that Bryce Young needs to be like the scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz stuffed straw down his T-shirt and his pants to make it look like he's bigger than he is. Because when they see him in T-shirts and shorts, he's going to be frail-looking because he just does. Now, I, I heard he's working with a nutritionist, and he's hoping to get up to 210 pounds. He was listed six foot and 194. But, I, you know, if he's six foot, I weigh 180. And so if he's 5'11 <laughs> and 200 or 205, that's okay. If he's closer to five ten and one ninety, and he that's you know, 
Tyler Murray's like five nine, and he he ain't enough to get up to two oh seven, but he's so quick and fast and could run around, you know, and he got hurt without being touched. So uh, that they're going to be more eyes on Bryce Young than any prospect at the combine, but just because of his size, because he can do everything else. Well, there should be a lot of business that is discussed at the Combine, John. Isn't that really the, the big feature of the Combine is all the business no, that's discussed? No, they're not going to do that. That's <laughs> against the rules. Right? <laughs> Nobody in the NFL breaks the rules. When you see agents over at the Conrad Hotel and the bar down there talking to NFL people, they're talking about the draft and the draft choices. They're not talking about free agency. or That, that would be illegal. <laughs> right. If every... If every coach or general manager agent, if they were Pinocchio and everything they did lied, nobody could get around downtown because you'd have to negotiate all these noses sticking across the streets because <laughs> that's all they do is break the rules. No doubt, no doubt. Well, you said you'll be there. I'm expecting uh, to be there as well, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to link up there in uh, in Indy at the Scouting Combine coming up next week. Well, I look forward to it. You can buy you can buy dinner. I got you. I got you, no doubt. Dinner bring on me. Mine, <laughs> bring DeMond with you. I can't wait to meet DeMond. I know you, of course, but... I'd like to meet DeMond in person. If I can't, at the Combine, it'll be for the first round of the NCAAs, but I'm going to be there for five days. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get DeMond in Vegas with you because DeMond's an expensive date, so i gotta, I got to keep him back in Vegas. But I, I'm expected to be there in Indy. But uh, what do you got working on? Galleriesports.com, we should be able to look out for. I'm where I've got to call him up on Jordan uh, Alvarez. He can't swing right now because of a sore hand. I'm about to write one on. The Astros pitcher, Tomber Valdez, who was incredible in the playoffs, replacing Justin Verlander as the ace. And when I'm in Vegas, where it's time to do this show, send the limo over Caesars. We'll, I'll come do it live. There you go. Done deal. It's already done. <laughs> John, we appreciate you, brother. <laughs> okay, Q. Take care. I'll see you next week. All right, my man. I'll see you. John McClain right there at gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. He just keeps raising the bill, don't he? The bill just keeps getting higher and higher. It's like, all right. Dinner. All right, cool. All right, dinner with you, me and DeMond. Okay, cool. All right, send a limo. All right, cool. The bill's just getting higher and higher. What did we say? Yesterday's price? It's not today's price. <laughs> Escalade's not good enough for John McClain. Uh, he said send a limo over. So what I'm going to have to do, what we did here, is we're going to have to get, like, Jared to take the Cadillac to go get him and just pretend. We'll put some stickers or something on the back to make it look like it's an actual limo. We'll have to work it out. But if John McClain's going to come here and live in studio, oh, yeah, that's a must have we'll definitely make that happen so whatever i got to do to get them here we will do how about must have tickets we got some of those as well you want to go to the mountain west conference basketball game as the tournament's coming to town march 5th through 11th we got the hookup we got a pair of tickets for you right now and more importantly that'll get you in to win two vip all session tickets with food drinks parking it's worth 1500 plus dollars so we're going to get you in to win right now we'll get you a pair of tickets and like i said in to win the vip package call number nine seven zero two three six five nine two hundred again call number nine seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred this is radio nation radio nine twenty now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. What would your realistic expectations for the season be if the Raiders went into it with Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback and why? That's a question that we threw out there. We've had a ton of response. We definitely appreciate that. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Big shout out to my guy Steve. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to the Mountain West Conference. 
Also in to win the big VIP package worth over $1,500. So shout out to him. We'll have more tickets on the way for that. But getting back to the response that we've received on the question that we had today for the show, John hit us up on Twitter. If the Raiders don't get an elite quarterback, will the stars like Devontae Adams want to hang around for a few years if the team does not have a winning record? Great question. That is something also I have thought about in my (laughs) breakdown of they've got to have a stud as a signal caller. And I thought Ed Graney in the first hour brought up a great point. If the Raiders have a, a young stud um, rookie that they feel like you know could possibly develop into that guy, I think Raider Nation would be excited to watch that development. I'll, I'll tell you straight up, in 2014 when the Raiders drafted Derek Carr, I was fired up that he got to start to, uh, immediately because I didn't want to see those guys that were supposed to start in front of him. I didn't want to see Matt Schaub. I knew who he was. But with Derek Carr, for me, he provided hope. Like, okay, they haven't had a quarterback worth of salt in a very long time. Maybe this guy could be the guy. I knew what he did at Fresno State. I remember all the hype around him, uh, obviously, and his brother at Fresno State. And so I thought, okay, great. So even though the Raiders weren't a very good team, every time that he went out there to play, I got pretty pumped up just because I wanted to see what he was going to be able to do. So maybe that could happen. Maybe the Raiders could draft a guy in this upcoming draft, say they sit there at number seven, or even trade up to number five. Uh, You know, trading up to number one is not realistic in my opinion. You have to give it too much. I think the highest you'd be able to trade up to is maybe number four. Maybe. I think that's a little rich, too. But maybe they were to trade up to, for that guy, and then either Stidham starts the season and makes way for that young stud at some point, or they battle it out in camp and the young guy wins, and then that would be something that Raider Nation should be at Allegiant Stadium excited about. Okay, get to see Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levitz, Anthony Richards, whoever it is. I, I don't want to name the guy because then it feels like, well, Q's just being biased to that guy. Whoever it is, whoever they feel that young stud could be. You remember when Charles Davis was on, and he changed my mind just in that 15-minute hit that we had with him, where it's, hey, if you start him after four or five games, then I'm just thinking, why'd you waste time? And now now he didn't get to start those four or five games. So for me, if you draft any quarterback in the first round, I think that start him day one. Because let's say if Stidham— Especially in the top ten? Yes, because if Stidham doesn't pan out and it's, hey, the team's two and four now. Right. Well, now now you're putting him in to start to be the lead quarterback on a two and four team. That's not fair to him. Let him be the quarterback that gets you to two and four if—I know it's the big if. It's if Stidham doesn't perform well, but why even have that be on the table anyways? That's a great point. It's a great point. One more tweet. Uh, Azale hit a sub and said, in my opinion, no way to know what the future might hold with the 2023 Raiders. I'm okay with Stidham being the number one quarterback as long as the offensive line gets upgraded and the defense gets a major upgrade, okay? That's cool. Uh, Again, I respect that. I don't feel like that that's what Raider Nation is going to feel like during the season, (laughs) right, while it's rolling along, if if that is what happens. But, again, maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe it's okay to let that thing build, and if we go seven, eight, nine wins, depending on what the rest of the team looks like, maybe everyone's fired up about that. That wouldn't fire me up. (laughs) I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it a buck. That wouldn't fire me up. I'd be a little salty, but that's just me. I'm okay with that. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to John in Salt Lake City. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call, you guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This was a 10-17 that went out and signed Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. They gave extensions to Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you don't turn around and go six and eleven, and then say all of a sudden, "Well, we're just going to see where we go from here." No, 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 no. When high rollers go into Vegas, they don't sit at the five dollar Jimmy Garoppolo table or <laughs> Mac Jones table or Jared Stedham table. They go to the thousand dollar Aaron Rodgers table because that's how you win big. 
If Aaron Rodgers ends up on the Jets, it'll be an absolute disgrace to this team. And I don't want to hear about committed to winning because you're not committed to winning, and they haven't won for 20-plus years on a consistent basis. This team cannot go 6-11 and next year. And if you can go out and get a guy that at least gives you a chance, you go get that guy. That's what winning is. Because I'll tell you this, whoever lines up behind that center, they better make sure they got Devontae Adams and the rest of that locker room's blessing because they lose that locker room, they lose their job. And that's a fact. And if Derek Carr goes to a team and he takes that team to the playoffs and this team doesn't go to the playoffs next year, they will be the laughing stock of the league. They will be humiliated in the media. This team cannot afford to go six and ten or six and eleven next year. I expect playoffs. I'm sick and tired of losing. There you well, go. I don't, no, I don't want no excuses. I heard it. I hear you. Good call. John of Salt Lake City. And that's really kind of how I'm rolling, right? That's kind of how I feel. And that's why we brought up the topic. And it's funny you mentioned Derek Carr going to another team. And if he wins, this is something that was part of the trip that he made to New York when visiting with the Jets. This is from Diana Rossini. He does a fantastic job with ESPN. She said the Jets made it super personal when they visited with Derek Carr. They said, and I quote, we believe if you come to New York and win, you could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So that's, the, that's what they're selling, Derek Carr. To let you know that obviously they're they're really high on him. They are waiting though. At the same time, they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers, but they believe that Carr could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's called woo woo wooing at its finest. Ooh, that's a sales pitch right there. <laughs> well, I know he left that. Ooh, that's a woo. They really want me, man. Yeah, first yeah. ballot, huh? Uh, exactly. They hey, they feel. He felt real good about hearing that comment uh, from the, the brass there with the New York Jets. Let's take one more quick call. Uh, how about Robert in Portland? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yeah, to uh, DeMond, you, you know, you asked the key question, the guy from Houston. But I think that's I, – I just don't see Rodgers coming with this, with this guy, uh, you know, Ziegler. I just don't think he's going to go that deep to get him. And I, I, I know he's not going to go with three, three first picks, like you said, Q. Uh, so I'm looking at this realistically. I know you, you guys don't want to hear it, but I looked at their schedule. They got a very tough home schedule and, and, and road schedule. They got the NFC, uh, you know, North, which is Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, and Green Bay. And so if Rogers stays with Green Bay, uh, they're coming to town, and we, we know what's going to happen to that. I, don't, I only give them three rooms, three and six at home, and one and seven on the road with Stedham. I know you don't want to hear that. You, oh no, I don't but, mind. I don't mind. I want to hear the truth. <laughs> and, and, and I just I've been watching this team for too long. They got too many holes. This isn't Tampa Bay three years ago when Brady joined them. So Rogers knows that. He's he's not a he's a very bright guy. Uh but I know this that the last guy's right. Uh, Raider Raider fans are sick of this. And but this is what we got when M D picked he's too uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Now you got to – they made their bed, and they're going to have a lot of pressure this year if they go, uh, you know, go for a draft pick. Because next year's quarterbacks, you're going to have like five guys that are better than these this whole set of quarterbacks this year. And, I'm, and they're going to be far better. So I love the fact that we got to go through a hell hell whole year, and I want to see them, uh, you know, in the top three picks next uh, – Next draft. Nobody out there wants to hear that, but I'm looking at it realistically, and I want them to get a big guy on defense at, with the seventh pick. I don't want to trade up. I like Tafer's idea maybe of uh, 
you know, doing a, a down down trade, going, you know, going to 18 and getting a number 38 pick in the second round. So you got two second round picks. I mean, there's ways to go on this, but I look at four four to five wins. That's it with Stidham. I know nobody wants to hear that, but they just don't have the talent uh, until they get the talent, and that's going to take at least three years. All right, good stuff. Thanks for the call. And it's it's not about me. What I want to hear. I, I want to hear what your thoughts are. That's all I want to hear, <laughs> right? That's why I throw it out there. I personally don't want to see them win four or five games. I want to see them win 10 games, 11 games. I want them to go to the playoffs. But if that's what you're seeing, four or five wins, then I guess you're comfortable with rolling with Stidham in three years. To have a winner in Vegas in three years, I think that's an all-bad scenario. But maybe it's something like uh, Robert in Portland just said. Maybe that's how it shakes out. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, he joins us next to talk about some potential trades. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I was rolling through Twitter earlier today, and I saw something that caught my attention from Pro Football Focus. Five trades to watch out for in the 2023 NFL offseason. So, of course, my radar went ding and went up, and I read it, and it was from Brad Spielberger. And right now, Brad joins us on the phone lines. And, Brad, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. And as I mentioned, five trades to watch out for in 2023, the NFL offseason. That caught my attention, read it, and immediately reached out to you because I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. And, of course, the number one trade that you had was Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. And it wasn't really for a massive haul. That that was what kind of impressed me. It it wasn't a whole lot as far as uh, the terms. And so as far as you're concerned, do you think that that would be a good landing spot with Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders? You gave up a 2023 first pick, uh, conditional 2024 second that could become a first. Do you think that that's something realistically that could happen this offseason? Yeah, so the angle there is, I mean, Rodgers is owed about $60 million next year. And then in theory, you know, could retire, could go in another darkness retreat. Uh, you know, do whatever whatever Rodgers feels like doing. So because there is this year-to-year question mark of where he's going to be, is he going to retire, that's going to end, and you add in the money, that's going to bring the compensation down. Now, do I think it's a good deal for the Raiders? You know, I've seen even today Dave Ziegler's comment about maybe we don't have a solution at quarterback. Look, picking at seven, they could land a guy. I wouldn't be opposed to going and getting one of these young studs at quarterback, but you've already invested so much all across this roster on older players, specifically weapons on the offense, why not make that last push, go get an elite quarterback, a back-to-back MVP two years ago and three years ago, and see if you can go all in the next couple years. That's kind of my thinking as well, and especially with the weapons. And being here in Vegas, I don't think you could just have a team that's rebuilding, in theory, out there on the field. I think you've got to have something to get people to go to the game and want to see the game as well. And so as far as Rodgers and, and, of course, that trade conversation that you mentioned, do you think that he'd be able to work with McDaniels You know, from a coach's head, a head coach and a quarterback point of view, since that's something that we've been hearing, they don't, they, people don't think that they would get along? Yeah, you know, from an ego and personality standpoint, I can speak to that less. I do think they would figure it out, but I do want to heavily push back. I keep saying, oh, he's not going to learn a new scheme, or he's not going to yada, yada, yada. Look, Josh McDaniels went from Tom Brady to Cam Newton to Mac Jones, and was honestly, for where those players were at in their career and their style of play, was able to create a very solid offense for all three guys with limited receiving weapons, and, you know, for the Patriots, an average to below-average offensive line unit. So, look, would there be new verbiage and, and different things for Rodgers that maybe he doesn't want to go through, you know, this late in his career 
as opposed to, in theory, going to the Jets, where Nathaniel Hackett and him could probably you know, pick up where they left off for a time in Green Bay. I get all that, but I think they could figure it out. I think Josh Daniels is more flexible and more amenable to working with a guy than maybe he's getting credit for. And, of course, Devontae Adams already there. You know, I, I think they could figure it out. How much do you think that he really has left in the tank? Because he's coming off a season where it was a down year. Obviously, new weapons around him, though. Yeah, down the year, new weapons around him. David Bakhtiari missed a bunch of games again, uh, and they kind of had a patchwork offensive line at multiple other spots, injuries across the offensive line. All these young receivers that he saw when they kind of got hot at the end of the year, won five games in a row before, of course, losing to the Lions in Week 18. The offense with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs starting to gel, starting to play a lot better. You know, I don't think he's going to play four or five years, but I think two or three more seasons – I think he could play at a really, really, really high level. I mean, like I said at the beginning, this guy we're talking about a guy who was MVP last year and two years ago. Uh, you know, that, that didn't happen by accident. Right. No, it sure didn't. Again, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Another player that you had on your list about a potential trade was Jalen Ramsey, but you had him going to the Miami Dolphins, where you it's only two second-round picks and maybe a fifth compensatory pick. Do you think that Jalen Ramsey is, like, not saying falling off a cliff, but he's still in that top three when it comes to corners in the NFL? Oh, I absolutely do. No, yeah. I mean, he, he is an incredible player. He's our highest-graded run defender, second-highest-graded coverage player the last three years, and fifth-highest-graded coverage corner, specifically when lined up in the slot. So you can literally do anything you want with him. But the big thing there is, you know, going into his age 29 season at a position that is known to fall off, of course, at corner. But my thing with him, I mentioned the versatility. I think his, his game could age well because, you know, maybe he does, in his 30s, transition to safety or, or just, you know, do different things. He is such a good player. That star role he had with the Rams back in 2020 with Brandon Staley, you know, asks a lot of you, and you, you're down the line of scrimmage, you're in the box, you're doing all sorts of different things. So I don't think a first-round pick is on the table for Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, obviously that's why I put the two second-rounders in there. But, no, I, I still think you know, there's a lot of young studs at corner right now in the NFL, but as of right now, Ramsey is still in that conversation. So do you think it would make sense for the Raiders to put, to potentially trade for him? So I don't know if, if giving up uh, top-end draft capital and bringing him aboard and spending a lot of money there still has a significant contract left, three years, $55 million. If you don't have quarterbacks sorted, why, you know, in my opinion, then, like, what are you really doing? If, if right. you do have quarterbacks figured out, maybe you make the draft pick, and then after the draft, let's say, you know, you trade up or whatever or make something happen there, you still have ammo left. You say, okay, we have our quarterback. We want to fix this defense on the back end. Then I think maybe yes. But as of right now, I would say no. Brad Spielberger is our guest from Pro Football Focus here on Red Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, one trade that you did not have out there, but I want to throw it at you anyway. Uh, today is the first day you could apply the franchise tag. We all believe that uh, Lamar Jackson's going to get franchised in Baltimore. What do you think any team out there would have to give up to try to go after Lamar Jackson? I think it would basically be the maximum compensation. And one thing I think is funny, I'm not sure folks realize this, you can only trade picks three years out. So right. I think I saw an article where it was Lamar Jackson for four first, so that's not possible unless right. you have you know multiple first-round picks anyway. So, so it's going to be the max compensation, right? Like I think three first-round picks and maybe even then multiple day-two picks as well. Maybe it gets to a point where you know players are thrown in, like with the Russell Wilson trade, to try to help you know give a player back to that team. Um, and look, I, I do think it is possible we see him move. I just don't think they're going to budge on this contract situation. And I think a team like Atlanta 
I think both teams in New York potentially would be willing to give him, you know, that, that fully guaranteed money he wants. Wow, that's a, lot, that's a lot of money. It really is. I mean, Cleveland threw a monkey wrench in everybody's plan when they gave Deshaun Watson that huge contract. What about the what about the uh, the salary cap, just the hit, the implications that a contract like that would, would put a, a team in position, you know, in a bad position? If you look at what's going on in, in Cleveland, that's like a $56 million salary cap hit that Deshaun Watson's going to have every year. Yep, and they're going to keep kicking that can down the road and just restructuring that deal and pushing money out into the future. And, yeah, it is. I mean, it's something we've never seen before. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. He is second in fully guaranteed money at signing at $101.5 million and Watson at 230 so more than double the next highest player in the history of the NFL. Um, it, it does. It complicates matters. It makes things difficult, especially when you already have, you know, Miles Garrett, top 10 paid edge rusher. You have Denzel Ward, top five paid cornerback. I mean, they are definitely looking to win with the roster they currently have. Obviously, Amari Cooper as well. They can spend here and there, but, you know, two of the highest paid guards, so on and so forth. They need this nucleus right now, and their draft picks going forward. Obviously, no first-round pick this year, number 12 going to Houston. they got to figure it out with the guys they have right now. Another complicated issue that I want to ask you about when it pertains to the franchise tag is what's going on with the New York Giants. Daniel Jones is asking for $45 million, which he maybe doesn't deserve, but the market's saying that that's what a starting quarterback should be going for. If they were to franchise tag him, do you think that Saquon Barkley walks because they don't want to pay a running back top-end tier money too? I really do. I mean, this is playing out in a phenomenal way for Saquon Barkley. Obviously, you know, maybe Josh Jacobs is a bit jealous in Las Vegas. But, yeah, I mean, if they have to use that franchise tag, I think they will place it on quarterback Daniel Jones. He just can't rush a deal in the next two weeks before the deadline on March 7th for a nine-figure deal for a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I'm starting to think more and more that we are going to see Saquon Barkley hit the open market. And he'll be, you know, one of the best running backs to become an unrestricted free agent in a pretty long time. You know, you mentioned Josh Jacobs, and he's uh, obviously a guy that the Raiders have the ability to put the franchise tag on him, and I believe they will. But what do you think uh, a long-term contract that would satisfy the running back, what that would actually look like? Yeah, so I, I agree with you on the franchise tag. And I think we're looking, you know, $13.5, 14000000 million a year, somewhere in that range. I'm sure he would like more. I'm sure they're all trying to push for more. I think you can make an argument that as of today, that Jacobs may even be a better player than Barkley. He's younger. He's been healthier. He's coming off a better season. Um, you know, anyway, it's just so tough in this market. And this offseason in particular, the draft is deep. Free agency is deep. There's just so much available talent there right now. So, you know, I think he would have to settle we're in that you know, 13 to 14 or so per year range. And Brad, before we let you go, we actually got a couple text messages that we had uh, some, some listeners that wanted us to ask you a couple questions. One was about Mac Jones, who's obviously the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. Could he potentially be on the trade block? And do you think that Josh McDaniels and the Raiders may have some interest in him? It's an interesting call. I think a couple of those guys, I mean, Trey Lance is intriguing to me as well. Mac Jones potentially. I would guess, though, the Patriots are not going to go with Bailey Zappi. They would have to have someone else come available that they're excited about, that they're interested in. Um, but, hey, I mean, you're always trying to upgrade a quarterback. He was simply not good enough last year. But I think bringing in Bill O'Brien is kind of a move to get him back on track. You mentioned that Trey Lance intrigues you a little bit, but what do you think the actual trade market would be for him? I think there would be a couple teams, honestly. I think you look at some of these teams that are maybe looking to restart. One is Tennessee is an obvious one that jumps out. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to get cut. Oh, $29 million this year. I don't think they're paying that. And the new GM, Rand Carson, obviously came from the 49ers. So they're one example. 
friends with the Raiders, if they strike out with Aaron Rodgers and maybe they don't love the draft class or they think, hey, Houston and Indy are going to take the guys we like or whatever the case may be, maybe they enter the fold. You look at the NFC South with the Buccaneers make a move for Trey Lance. You know, I actually think there would be a handful of suitors. Um, I know he had a lot of fans around the league. And, you know, obviously hasn't been great so far, but, but still a very, very young player, super raw coming out of North Dakota State. I think there would be a handful of teams lining up. Final question for you. We had this text message come through asking about Rodgers, and we started this thing with Aaron Rodgers, so we'll end it with Aaron Rodgers. And it's talking about learning Josh McDaniels' system, but also being handcuffed at the line of scrimmage. And, of course, there's reports out that Josh McDaniels didn't want Derek Carr making any changes or adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Do you think Josh McDaniels would open up the playbook a little bit more for Aaron Rodgers? I think you have no choice, yeah. I'm sure Tom Brady <laughs> didn't listen to that. And I think – you know, with uh, with great you know power, you get more responsibility, and I'm sure Rogers would push the envelope there, no question. Yeah, I agree, 100. percent Brad, great stuff as always. What do you got coming out of Pro Football Focus that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so so take a look at the uh, top 100 free agents just came out last week. It's um, got contract projections for all players on there, so you can find that at pff.com. Nice, I like it. Well, Brad, thanks so much for uh, being available this afternoon and giving us a few minutes of time. We always appreciate you. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. There he goes. Great stuff from Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And uh, great breakdowns right there. And I, I think, you know, I know that a lot of people don't want to hear about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I do believe, I'm not worried really about the money because I feel like the money is going to be fine. They'll take care of that. If Cleveland can figure out their situation with money and how it has to do with Deshaun Watson, I'm sure the Raiders can handle theirs. If the compensation for Aaron Rodgers would, would be good, that's fine. I do know that the Raiders need a young quarterback. He's obviously not going to be an end-all, be-all for a long time. But it also gives you an opportunity where you're not forcing the issue. You're not forcing the, okay, well, got to go get this young quarterback because, well, right now we don't have a quarterback, right? So the Raiders wouldn't have to say that, which I don't believe they'd do it anyway. They would just kind of keep going and doing what they do. But I just think it gives you an opportunity to have a quarterback and also when you find the guy that you're looking for. And that could be – this draft, you might be able to find a head and hooker and say, you know what? I like this guy. And in a year and a half or two years, he'll be ready to go. He's healthy. He knows the system. And this dude could be dynamic for the next eight, nine years. I mean, and I know his age is a little bit older. He's 26. Or he will be 20. No, he'll be 25 when the draft happens. Fine. So be it. Eight or nine years is not a long time for a quarterback, right? I mean, that's still a young age. I mean, there's just – there's. There's so many different ways you could look at it. They might find a later round guy this year. They might find a later round guy next year or, or whatever the case may be. But I feel like if they don't go and address the quarterback position with a veteran that you know they really truly believe that they can win with, then they may force the issue when it comes to a young quarterback. And that's not always good. When you really go after need, we've seen how that worked out. And I know that that's not this staff, so I don't want to say that that's what they're going to do. But we've seen how that works, right? When they, when they force the issue to go get an offensive lineman, they go get Alex Leatherwood. And that didn't work out well, obviously. You know, I mean, there's, there's, and there's multiple different scenarios. That's just one that pops to the top of my head. 347 is the time. Many thanks to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Hit us up. Let us know. Don'tBeBroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. You're starting the season with Jared Stidham. What are your expectations, realistic expectations for the season? What would they be and why? Let us know. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. My man Kellen hit me up on Twitter. Kellen Coleman, he said, I'm a Patriots fan. I've been on the Stidham train since Tom Brady retired. I thought it was a terrible decision to not go with Stidham instead of signing. Instead of, I thought it was a terrible decision to not ride with Stidham instead of signing Cam Newton. And to this day, I think Stidham is at very least on par with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. That's from my man Kellen. And I understand where he's coming from. 
But what Kellen didn't tell you <laughs> in that tweet, I said he's my man. Why is he my man? He works at Baylor University. <laughs> so there's that. He's a Patriot fan, but he works at Baylor. And where did Jared Stidham go to college before Auburn? Baylor University. So there's a little bit of bias there. Just a little bit. Not mad at that at all. Raiders Burner 91 hit us back on Twitter and said, I love that we have different opinions about this in the nation. If A-Rod is the quarterback, I'll buy a jersey. But I view him as a short-sighted view of this team's potential. If they win four games this upcoming year and then 10-plus wins every year like the Patriots, will we be upset? No. And that's a hell of a gamble. And we're in Vegas, so why not roll the dice? Right? But if you go, <laughs> I've never, ever, ever heard after a season, oh, the Raiders went 4-12 and because that's what it was before it was, you know, obviously 17 games. Oh, the Raiders won four games this year. That's all right. They're going to win 10 next year, right? I've never, ever felt like that. I've never, ever let a season wrap up and said, yeah, I know it's only a four-win team. Like, like recently, when John Gruden took over the second time and they won four games, I don't think anyone came out of that four-win season and said, yeah, but they're going to win 10 next year, right? Did anyone say that? I don't think so. So that's, I mean, now if you believe that, I'm, I'm cool with that. I just think that that is, you want to talk about some blind faith. And trust me, I've ridden on some blind faith before, plenty of times. And it's great when it works out. <laughs> but when it doesn't, all you can do is look in the mirror and be like, you big dummy, what were you thinking? <laughs> how did I get on that train again, right? Like, how did, I didn't notice that I was the only one on the train. Like, <laughs> I was the only one on this big-ass train by myself. You know what I mean? Like that, The only one believing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I've done that. I've been guilty of that before for, for multiple different reasons. Not even football related. <laughs> just life. Right? I mean, it just happens. So I don't I don't know. I mean, again, I respect you if that's how you would feel after a four-win season. Be like, ah, that's cool. They're set up now for the future. They're going to win 10 games next year and the next eight years in a row. It's going to be great. I just don't see it. I think people really have a lot of faith in that quarterback class of 2024. I think that's all it comes down to when someone says, yeah, yeah oh, yeah, I'll be fine if the team only wins four games next season. Man, look, how many people do we have calling us and telling us? This is the funny thing. Throughout the course of the year, we had people that called us and yelled at us for the results of the game and said, I ain't never listening to y'all again. You sold me lies. You did this. You did that. You did the other. So for me, it's hard to believe that Raider Nation would be okay with the losing season because it's going to help build the future. Because I was catching L's. Hell, I still catch L's every day on Twitter, which Twitter is a small sample size, so it's not a big deal. But I still catch L's for every single thing. You said the offense was looking good at training camp. Right, exactly. I thought you said they had a good connection. You said Chandler Jones ruined Alex Leatherwood's confidence. He did. <laughs> he, he barely in the league still. <laughs> so that's just, I mean, that's just, that's just how I feel. But love to hear from you. Really love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll hear from uh, Dave Ziegler. He was on Bustle with the Boys. But let's go out to a voice we haven't heard from in a minute. Fargo Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? It's been a long time. Hey, Q and Zuman. Thank you for taking my call. I feel like I'm stepping out the dark room, which the last time that happened to me, I was stepping out. I was coming out the womb. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing out there. It's some crazy stuff. But I'm glad to be back. They switched me over to a later schedule, but... I'm back. I'm back to my Reggies. Now, I think realistically, a nine and eight should not be too out of the question okay. with City slinging that thing. Just because he's supposed to be familiar with the system, McDaniel's and Ziegler were confident enough to trade for him 
So that means that they have some belief that he has potential to start at some point. You know, and mm-hmm. I think really the options of a Jimmy G, you'd basically be uh, Chase Garber's at quarterback if Jimmy G was your guy and Chase Garber's your backup. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I don't know how that's even a, a conversation at all. Jimmy G should only receive a contract if his pay is per, per game. That's the only way he could ever get a contract ever again. But, I mean, at the NFL, he's going to get paid a premium because that's just the way it goes. Aaron Rodgers, too much money. I think it, it, it castrates our future if we're, if we're just going to look at maybe winning next year, the year after, if he decides after next year's dark room to come back. So I think the city option is the most viable. Nine and eight is not bad. Hell, I was rocking my gear and ready to fight people when we were when we were zero and ten. You, <laughs> I don't give a damn. I heard that. There's a future. What did all David say? The, the the greatness of the Raiders is in its future. I've been on here, you know, ragging and hating and upset because I love my Raiders. But realistically, four and twelve or now four and thirteen ain't. That ain't gonna make me step up off of this. I'm gonna leave silver and black regardless. And if I know it's for the future, I would find a way to say, "Hell yeah, we're gonna win them all next year." Because we always do anyway. <laughs> the city, I think, is the best option we got, where we can build a defense that could remind us of the Raiders of old, where people feared us, where we were the villains of the league, where we were the Raiders. Thank you for taking my call, and you have a great day. Hey, great to hear from you again, Fargo Raider right there. And, look, I'm with you when it comes to Jimmy G. I'm with you 100%. That, I, I think that, and I've said it multiple times, and I know that he's got a winning record, but I think that everything is not always what it appears to be. What do they say in the in, in your mirror on your car? Objects in mirror may not appear to be exactly what they are or may not be as close as they are or whatever that is. It, it, it gives you a warning about something because it don't look the same. I don't feel like that's a that's a that's a good upgrade right there for the Raiders at the quarterback position. So I mean, if it's if it comes down to Jimmy G and Jared Stidham, I'll definitely say roll with Jared Stidham. But I don't think that either one of those options gets me to do a backflip in the studio, right? It just it just doesn't. But that's that's just me. But we'll keep these calls coming. We have no more guests the rest of the show. It's all about you. And we'll hear from Dave Ziegler. He was on Busted with the Boys. Had a couple clips that we played earlier in the show. We'll play some more coming up on the other side. But we have time to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. I know Raider Fish and Berkeley's waiting. We'll get to you and other callers when we come back. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.